Welcome into another episode of RJ Bell's Dream Preview, the College Basketball Edition. I am AJ Hoffman, joined as always by Griffin Warner, the real underscore G Warner. Hello, Griffin. How are you, my friend? Hello, hello. Thank you. Not the fake one. Uh, appreciate the intro. Uh, college basketball is back, baby. We uh, have so many conference games. I got probably weeks worth uh, just to catch up on, but uh, you know, great weekend. And uh, we finally have some good games. Not so much on national championship college football night, but going down the stretch, uh, it's really nice to see Tuesday, Wednesday cards looking beautiful with 35 games I need to handicap. Yeah, they wisely avoided putting anything up for uh, for the college football uh, championship game. Uh, I think smart move by college basketball. You got the, you, the whole thing's yours after uh, tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, some good, good games, good conference games on the card this week. Um, after our triumphant two and O, uh, we followed it up with a stupid O and two, which, um, I didn't think we were going to have, and then we did. So I guess sometimes you're going to have those sometimes, but it two and O and O and two is basically like another one and one. So, uh, we can stop celebrating the two and O and just get back to the grind and try to find another 2-0. That's that's my plan, at least. Uh, all right, let's jump into the games. You know the deal. We'll give you uh, the four biggest games of the week, and then we'll hit some best bets at the end of the program. And let's start with BYU at Baylor on Tuesday. And BYU, we're going to project them plus three. And I think this might be the most interesting game on the board to me. Like, I... I think Baylor's underrated. Like Baylor's thirteenth in Ken Palm. I, I think Baylor's like, if I were making a list of teams to win the national championship, I don't know if I'd get to like past five or six before I said Baylor. Um, I think they're about to go on a nice little run in the Big Twelve. And before this weekend, I thought maybe I was the only one who saw how awesome BYU was, and then they just got absolutely buried at home by a Cincinnati team that I'm very lukewarm on. Um, they are a team that BYU is a team. Well, I guess so is Baylor, but BYU is a team that relies heavily on making threes. And they shot 13 of 46 from three in that game against Cincinnati. And that is the recipe for disaster. Now, Baylor didn't have their best game over the weekend as they went to overtime and got a win over one of the bottom feeders in the Big 12 in Oklahoma State. Uh, but Baylor shot two of 15 from outside. I want to find an over in this game, given, given how good both these teams are typically at outside shooting and expecting some positive regression from the last performances. But it's going to be a big number. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be 150 plus. Um, I have no interest in fading Baylor at home, but I still believe in this BYU team. It's a big step up in competition for a team that's played only one true road game all season long, which was a loss at Utah. Um, so I'm going to slightly lean to the bears here. Uh, but I, it'll probably be a, a sit and pass for me unless this total comes under 150. Uh, what do you see in here, Griff? So uh, I'll start with, yes, positive regression. Uh, we probably should see Baylor shoot better than 13% from three and uh, BYU better than 28%. Though I am, I mean, I understand your, and you've been high on BYU for a lot of the season. I mean, seeing them seventh at Torvik is incredible to me, but uh, they've had a really great start to the season, have that huge win over San Diego State at home, which will look even better as we get down the line. 
Um, North Carolina State, not a bad win either. Uh, but I think this is going to be a real baptism by fire in the Big 12. Um, unfortunately, they've been in the West Coast Conference where, I mean, Gonzaga has been one of the best teams in college basketball, of course. But um, now they're going to have to play every night. And uh, it's not a great start when you uh, pretty much were – to me, it was like an easy walk in the park, I thought, uh, at home in the Marriott Center to try to like get your feet wet, get a win under your belt in the Big 12, and then hit the road and see what happens. Um, Cincinnati, I'm shocked with that result. Honestly, uh, I did not catch that one, but um, and seeing a double-digit loss is also really not great, uh, I, I got to say. It seems like it might have gotten a little bit ugly late. But um, from just a I, lukewarm would be a really nice way to put my feelings on Cincinnati. I think I'm uh, yeah. much more in the refrigerator at this point with them. But I mean, maybe good night. And that happens in this sport, especially uh, and when things when you start rolling, you never know what's going to happen, really. But uh, BYU to me is a really small team. Uh, they want to use Traore as their kind of big guy inside, or at least that's what they did last season. And they've been working in bigger players this year, but I'm not sure that's really what Mark Pope really wants. Um, I mean, yet to be seen. We'll see what happens in Big 12 play. Uh, and I kind of felt like last year, a team that really turned the ball over way too much, couldn't make three-point shots, and all of a sudden this year fixed both those things. Um, I was like, maybe they did fix that because they were better at the end of last season, but it just felt to me like that might have come too soon. Maybe the schedule playing a lot of home games certainly worked in their favor. As you mentioned, that one loss was um, their tr only true road game to Utah. Well, this is going to be a really tough event for them. I, I mean, we've had some struggles with predicting Baylor this far so far this season. Um, I mean, I, I think we backed them, or at least I know I did twice in a week when they uh, lost that Madison regard to Duke and what was kind of a, a comeback type of game, but also had gotten blown out by Michigan State, who did not look good at that point. Uh, maybe right. set Michigan State going in the right direction. Um, I, I think this is, I mean, at three, there's no chance I'm looking at BOU, and I actually probably would play Baylor if I get a minus three. Um, hoping it comes even shorter with Torvik projecting this as a, a 0.7 type of uh, discrepancy or a one-point win for, for Baylor if you round. Uh, that's what, that, by the way, that's what uh, Kim Palm has as well as one point. I just said there's no way that, that Baylor's going to be a one-point home favorite against I mean, BYU. Especially, especially after that loss at home to Cincinnati, like their introduction into road games in the Big 12 and seeing what happens with those officials uh, on the road. I, I think you're right to, to predict it higher. I was expecting higher than that, even like above possession, closer to two. Um, I'm very interested if Baylor are a short favorite. I, I think like you, I'm still trying to buy Baylor, um, though they haven't really impressed me when I've been backing them so far this season. But I think it's one of those where Scott Drew, I trust him more than I almost trust anybody. Um, he has so many assistants that are running great programs now that uh, I, I just trust what he has in store for the season. And, and I'd like to bet Baylor and I'd like to play against BYU until those numbers and, and their rankings start to, to kind of decrease or, or get a lot lower. I, I think the, the frustrating thing for me with this BYU team, and this is why BYU is not the kind of team like I, I don't think they've got championship ceiling is as good as I think they can be. They were up, they were up 34, 24, 15 seconds into the second half. Like they took a seven point lead into halftime. They came out of the half, hit a three, they're up double digits. And you like, if you, if you don't, if all you do is chuck threes, it means you're never getting to the free throw line. You're like, you, you're not giving yourself a, an easy chance to finish games. And I think BYU is going to be the kind of team that's going to have a hard time finishing games, closing out games. And uh, nine points in the the fourth quarter of that game, the last 10 minutes of the game, uh, it, 
Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't work. So that that's to me that was an embarrassing uh performance and embarrassing indictment what the the second half for BYU there. That's what makes me worry about them, especially against a team with a a championship pedigree uh like Baylor. So I I'm with you. If if Baylor comes three, I I, I may take a swipe at them. Uh I I I think even I'm like probably over over overestimating how much uh respect BYU is going to get going into Waco, but we'll see. Uh, it'd be interesting if that is the number. Um, all right, sticking in the Big 12, Houston, we're going to project minus five at Iowa State. And this should be uh, unlike, I mean, kind of the opposite of the last game, like two teams that prioritize defense. Should be a fun defensive game. I- I've got some real questions about the Iowa State strength of schedule, though. I know you said you just uh, gave the the Iowa State game a deep dive, the Iowa State OU game, um, but Iowa State thumped Iowa early in the season, and at the time it felt like, oh, that's a good win. The other three games they played against top 100 Ken Palm teams have all been losses. That's A&M, Virginia Tech, and OU. So I'm not sure how good they really are. What I do know is Otzelberger teams are generally kind of hard to blow out, and Houston hasn't exactly played a murderer's row themselves. This is just their second road game. The other one was a six-point win at Xavier. Um. I, I, to me, this game's going to come down to turnovers. These are the top two teams in steal percentage in the country. So who's going to be able to protect the ball? Uh, I think the first to 70 wins, which when I'm when I'm looking at a, a total where I think first to 70 wins and I'm getting outside of a possession with the dog, that's the only way I'll look here. So I'll, I'll look to Iowa State here probably if it's five. Um, though, I'm, I, again, this is Houston now the only unbeaten team in the country. I, I'm not sure I want to get in the way of that train. But uh, this does feel like a spot where they can hang at home uh, with in a, in a, good, a good home court there uh, for Iowa State. What do you think? Yeah, first trip for Houston to Iowa State that I can remember, uh, and certainly as a Big 12 member. And that is going to be a really tough environment at Hilton. Um, the Hilton Magic, as we've talked about many times in this podcast over the years. And, and I got to say, um, I was pretty impressed by Iowa State. As weird as it sounds, they are so physical and seem to either get away with murder or maybe they just make it very, uh, I guess, unapparent to officials because um, they were real, like, I mean, some of the. I, I was watching the Bills and the Dolphins literally while I was watching Oklahoma. And while there are a million big hits in that NFL game uh, decided the division, which I know went in AJ's uh, favor, which I, I'm happy for the bills and for your, your pocketbook. But um, there are some big hits on the, on the basketball court as well. And, and I feel like that's one thing that you can do at Hilton that, that Iowa state can't do on the road is they can get away with not murder, but close. And uh, that's going to be a, an interesting sort of dichotomy because that's what Houston usually does to their opponents. And uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens to Houston in conference this season. I mean, getting West Virginia at home is one of the best Big 12 games you could have. So uh, good for them winning by a million. But uh, I, I just feel like I'm kind of with you in that, I mean, road favorites are really not my cup of tea. I'll put it that way. But um, trying to find ways to back Iowa State here. And, and really what I was impressed by, but also a little bit concerned by, was Lipsy didn't have a great game. Their Ames, Iowa product point guard who really was off. And so I expect he'll probably respond to that and play better. But what really kind of hurt Iowa State down the stretch against Oklahoma, who um, I think the jury's still out on OU, but they basically were feeding it to Momchilovich, their freshman, 
um, and literally went to him over and over again from a tie game until they were down 11, I think, late. So I don't know that they have a lot of scoring options. Maybe that was a, a reference to Lipsy not playing well. Um, but you got to have multiple options against Houston, and that concerns me. Plus, Houston's huge and will always out-rebound seemingly everybody, maybe a little bit less likely on the road, but I don't see a lot of girth or, or size in that Iowa State team uh, if they want to score the ball. I mean, they could play with multiple big guys in there. Um, they do have some athletes, of course, but I think you need to match, and this is why Houston beats everybody, is you can't rebound with them unless you go double bigs, and that just doesn't work in 2024 now in college basketball. So uh, Iowa State, maybe they have a good shooting night. That's probably the best way they stay in this at home. That'll be a big deal, getting a home whistle as well. Um, I think you mentioned that Houston, only undefeated team in, in the country. It's really hard to step in the way of that train. Um, maybe this is a spot it ends, but I think I'm I'm kind of more interested in get, not getting in the way of that Houston train because I, I feel like it could run for a long time. They, they've just seemed like a, a proven program to me that I don't want to get in the way of. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's fascinating. It, they're still projected, uh, like when you look at Ken Palm, they're projected to win every game this season so not a loss on their schedule which is pretty wild so uh obviously it, it usually doesn't work out that way but uh there, there's there's no spots yet where anybody says oh yeah we'll make them a favorite at at byu looks like they're least likely to win the, on that schedule ken palm has them projected maniacal. three there uh the projected uh minus five at kansas which i can't imagine that would be the case minus five at baylor I mean, there, there's a lot of respect. Ken Palm, at least, is giving uh, is being given to um, to, to Houston. And I, I mean, I think if if this minus five at Hilton uh, holds true, that that's a lot. Of, it's a lot of respect there as well. Uh, all right, let's take a look at the Big Ten, Wisconsin at Ohio State. We're gonna call this a pick. And generally, I mean, home court is. I mean, you you love home teams almost always obviously in the big 10 in in this conference it's even more important it, it, i mean it was all that mattered last year um so it's a tough thing to overcome but to me wisconsin is the much more battle tested team at this point even some of the wins that ohio state had earlier in the year like that i was impressed with at the time like I think I might be the like the lowest guy in the in the world on Alabama right now. I, I, I think they're good, but I think if they weren't as good as they were last year, we wouldn't think they were that good. Like they're a bad defensive team. So I mean, it's a nice win for Ohio State. Don't get me wrong, but it's I don't think it's like a great win. UCLA is just a bad team. Like so, Ohio State beating UCLA at this point holds no weight for me. And this is a team that's already lost on the road at Penn State, lost at Indiana. It just doesn't really speak well to what Ohio State is. Now, Wisconsin's just one and two on the road. Uh, they they had an early season loss at Providence, and they got blown out by Arizona, um, which, listen, we I mean, you and I were talking before we started recording, like <laughs> yeah. uh, what they did to Colorado Ooh. over the weekend. Like, Arizona's going to make a lot of good teams look like dog shit. And, uh, but I, I think Wisconsin, I, I'm trying to think, like without Terrence Shannon now, I, I think Wisconsin might be the second best team in the Big Ten, which is not something I thought I'd be saying coming into the season, but they've looked strong. So give me the Badgers here, better team on the glass, more experienced, bigger, and like I said, more battle-tested. I, I just trust what they've done a little bit more. Uh, you know, this is a team that's that's gone and, and, and has some wins that I, I, I think – 
really kind of can define your season. You, be, you beat Marquette and you follow that up with the Michigan State win at Michigan State. I, like that's a big deal to me. So I, I'll uh, I'll back the Badgers here uh, against an Ohio State team that I'm even on the road against an Ohio State team that I'm still just not sold on. Yeah, Wisconsin embarrassing Virginia was a big kind of change in tune for me. Yeah, uh, as I, I was on the Providence Friars, uh, my hometown team where I grew up. So like that was me thinking, oh, same old Wisconsin. And they've done a lot since then to kind of change my mind. I don't know where I sit with them, but from watching really intently that Indiana Ohio State game, I mean, it, it was crazy to me how Ohio State just doesn't even care about going into the interior at all, especially on the road at Assembly Hall. I mean, at first, early in the game, I was like, oh, my God, Indiana's going to get blown out. They're trading twos for threes. That doesn't work in the year of our Lord 2024. But then uh, Ohio State started getting cold in the second half, and they just kept shooting them. And that's all they really had. It's all the offense they've run. Um, I wonder if that's what's kind of held Chris Holtman and his teams back. And if not, let's remember, if not for winning like three games in three days after uh, being in the first day of the Big Ten tournament for the first time, I think, since he was coaching there, he was probably getting fired last year. So um, a lot of questions, I think, still out there for Ohio State uh, and what I think this is a big spot for them to really kind of write their season. Not that they're off to a, a horrible start, 12 and three, two and two in the Big Big Ten. I mean, it's not so bad yet, but I think you're saying, as you mentioned, the wins seem a little bit hollow. Maybe Alabama ages really well because they do well at, at, especially at home in the SEC and get some big pelts on their wall. Um, but I think at this point, um, my, as you mentioned, home court is really valuable to me because I just have kind of had to change. A leopard does change its spots sometimes because I, I've kind of seen my plus six road dogs just constantly get killed in the in the fouling game late. Um, and, and so I've really kind of kind of migrated my interest in backing home teams. So that surprise, surprise, you called it out before we even got into this game. I'm probably more interested in Ohio State because I'm still not a full believer in Wisconsin. They've been great. But when I look at the players and their team and yes, they have a lot of continuity. Uh, but it seems like they're good big guys, and that's probably something that a lot of teams can't handle. But I still wonder about how Wisconsin will score on the perimeter. I mean, A.J. Store seems to be a huge transfer, uh, and Chucky Hepburn is huge also as a point guard stabilizing force. But um, this is, I think, a good spot for Ohio State to shoot really well at home. Uh, I remember the John Diebler days under Thad Mata when they were just un- – you literally could not fade Ohio State in the in the roundhouse, nuthouse, whatever we call it, um, because they were shooting so well at home. This team could be that way. I don't know that they've proven that yet, uh, but that would be something that I'd be concerned about, especially only a pick uh, at if you're taking Wisconsin here on the road at Ohio State, which should be a pretty big crowd, um, I would think, for any Big Ten game, especially an undefeated sure. Wisconsin coming in. Yeah, and, and this team, you know, listen, Ohio State's a team that won five – conference games in the regular season last year went finished five and 15 in big 10 they've started out the season two and two and they're two and oh at home they're now their home wins minnesota and rutgers i don't think you're gonna like uh pencil them in for the tournament just yet but it, i sure, mean it, they, sure. they're two and oh at home uh so it's it's looking like it's a better better situation than it was a year ago uh but we'll see uh, so a little difference of opinion on that one let's look at UConn at Xavier. UConn, we're going to project minus four. And a lot of this, Griffin, and I'll let you kind of take the lead on this game. A lot of it comes down to me for what is this team without Donovan Klingon? And since the, the loss to Seton Hall, where, I mean, obviously it was a, uh, you know, a game that got away from them and ends up being a blowout. 
that was a game where I was like, wow, maybe and, and Donovan Klingon played very, very well in that game. I was like, maybe they're not as good as I thought they were. He was, I mean, Donovan Klingon and Tristan Newton were the only two positives for the team in that game. And then since that injury, they squeak by St. John's. They beat DePaul, beat the hell out of DePaul. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah. we can't even count that. <laughs> yeah. And then they kind of. I mean, they. I guess they covered against Butler, so it's not like it's hard to knock it. They won a Big East game on the road, which is not an easy thing to do. So it's. But they just didn't feel like the dominant UConn team we were expecting. So maybe I guess going back to the like the last time I felt like this was just a unit was that Gonzaga game where they just embarrassed Gonzaga. And I was like, yeah, this team is legit again. But since then, I've been kind of meh on UConn. Am am I wrong to be that way? And and do you think Xavier has anything that can stop him? Uh, I don't think you're wrong. But let's not forget that UConn, I think, lost like five out of six last year or something like that in in Big East play. And then literally murdered everyone in the NCAA tournament by 20 points, it felt like. I I think it's really hard. I mean, I don't know that... uh, Danny Hurley is trying to uh, peak in the NCAA tournament, like and struggle to start the season. I'm sure he wouldn't be doing that. Uh, but I came away. I mean, I've, I've watched a fair amount of UConn this year. Uh, felt like they should have dominated Texas and sort of did, but kind of struggled a little bit more than I would expect there. And then at Kansas, I came away more impressed by them um, nearly winning a game in, in the fog, uh, which who knows how impressive that is at this point, but we'll see about that one. Then UConn, really kind of struggled with UNC at MSG. So like, it's been all an up and down season so far. I think when you lose your biggest piece, literally, but also probably the most dominant force at, at any position besides Zach Eady, that would be an incredible matchup by the way. But uh, just Donovan Klingon, I think his injury does limit what UConn is best at and basically makes him a little bit more vulnerable. Uh, It could be the Achilles heel or something like that for the team that makes their opponents think that they can actually get at them. Um, I, I think going on the road to Xavier is going to be a really tough environment. We've seen Xavier play really well there for years and years and years, uh, but they don't seem to be as talented this year as we've seen in the past. And, and Sean Miller's a great coach, but he certainly had his shortcomings in the past. Uh, and so I feel like this is a good spot for UConn to potentially quiet some doubters, which might be two of us right now. Um, as I, I kind of, we've already talked about on this show and have for the podcast for years is that home court matters a lot to me, uh, especially more lately. So I'm probably sitting out to see what this UConn team looks like. They're still a team I'm, I'm petrified of, of fading at home. Uh, but on the road, I feel like is probably the best place to get them. The nice part is when you go to neutral court events, um, they're going to have a ton of fans in the NCAA tournament and things of that nature. So it's a little bit less of a problem for them. Uh, but maybe that's an issue for them. I mean, we don't know that they have like, it seems like they're a deep team, but they don't. They certainly don't have the like McDonald's All-Americans of the past that everyone wants, but it seems like Hurley does a really good job of kind of fitting in pieces. The Camp Spencer ad was huge. I mean, we'll see what what Castle does um, as we get kind of more tape on him. But I think UConn, they're kind of in a no touch for me at this point because I'm scared to fade them as a road favorite and I won't really fade them at home. Um, and Xavier's is kind of the more interesting side for me because I backed them uh, against Seton Hall a couple weekends ago, and that was felt really nice at the time, but still kind of felt a little bit scary early. And then things kind of got out of hand for Seton Hall later uh, as we he- headed towards halftime and such. Um, I think they're ultimately going to be one of those kind of Big East bubble teams that probably get a couple wins down the stretch over bigger names in their conference, and that gets them in the tournament. Uh, this could be a huge step in the right direction for them. Crowd, like I said, should be huge. 
Um, but I think UConn is probably good enough that I, I'm just not really looking to to kind of make the the hard bets right now. I, I'm mostly looking for teams like a BYU that we've talked about earlier that might be a little bit weaker than the metrics have them going on the road, laying points, and, and seeing them taking losses. I think UConn are still good enough that I, I'm still a little bit scared to do that. I, I think I'm in the same boat. I, I'd like to back Xavier here. I'd like to think that maybe UConn is is a little weaker than than the metrics say they are, but you mentioned Xavier, how good, how good they've been at home. I mean, they remember earlier this season, they lost three games in a row at home to yeah, Oakland, true, true. Houston and Delaware. Like what? I mean, that's not something typical for, for Xavier. Um, you're right. The Seton hall win was a, in hindsight is looking like an even better win. This is the other thing I don't like about Xavier right now, though, that Seton hall win was on December 23rd. Since then, and between that, between then and when they play on Wednesday against UConn, they will have only played one game between December 23rd and January 10th. They played one game. I I don't like that. I, I like teams to stay busy, to stay active. I mean, I don't think you've got to play like a ton over the break, but I think hardly playing it all over the break is a mistake. So uh, w- when you're talking about like one game over a 17 games, a 17 day span, I, I can't imagine that that's good for you, especially when, you know, UConn's been out here, you know, playing, you know, just playing, playing ball. Uh, they've played, they've played three games in that same time. This will be their fourth game. So um, I, I tend to, I, again, I want to, to, I want to find the right spot to get against UConn. Um, their next game is home against Georgetown. I can, I can assure you that won't be the spot where I'm against them. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't know if, I mean, I, I may not have that spot is what it boils down to. I'm, I, I was against them in the St. John's game. It worked out for me. They won anyway, but it, it I mean, it was a, a game that St. John's was able to compete in. I just don't know if their schedule is going to line up for me to pick at them again while, uh, while Klingon is out. So, uh, it's unfortunate, but it'll probably be a pass for me. I mean, that's why you come to RJ Bell's dream preview college basketball edition for the schedule analysis and the rest versus rust talk about, uh, college basketball teams over the holidays that you get it all here. That's it. Uh, they probably also come for the promo codes, Griffin, give them a promo oh. code before we, uh, before we get, get our best bets going. What a veteran, you know, uh, use promo code CBB 20 college basketball, uh, Charlie Bravo, Bravo 20, good for 20% off for all listeners of this college basketball podcast, good for seven days from the podcast release. So we'll probably, since it's, I guess now Eastern time, so it is Monday, January 8th while we're recording this. So, uh, you got to the 15th, but don't wait. Uh, there's plenty of winners coming out of AJ and I got the college football playoff tomorrow night. Plus we got plenty of college basketball finally taking over and the NFL playoffs. You might have been watching that today. You might be watching that for the rest of your life. Uh, that's coming up this weekend and we got a, a big run. Even doing promos, you can get our entire 2024 picks. Consider we're eight days in. You've only missed a little bit. So get in on that. Save 20% off. Use the promo code CBB, Charlie Boy Boy 20 and good for 20% off for all listeners of our college basketball pro- uh, podcast. And please throw that in there because we get some credit for it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore 
your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. All right, I'm going to go with my best bet to team we were just talking about, St. John's. I'm going to go with St. John's minus four. Uh, they got me a nice win over the weekend, uh, no sweat win against Villanova as a dog. Um, and I think kind of what I saw was it, it, this was a it, like Patino completely out schemed Kyle Neptune over the weekend. And Shocker. I, I'm still not sure what Kim English is as a coach on this level, but I, I don't think he's Rick Patino. Uh, life without Bryce Hopkins is going to be tough for the Friars. I'm afraid, uh, Providence was already kind of a, a rough offense before that injury. He was really their easiest path to points. A, a guy who could take it off the dribble, get to the basket. He's one of the top players in the country at drawing fouls, getting to the free throw line, and he's going to be missed on the boards. Providence does a pretty good job of limiting offensive rebounds, but he's a key part of that. And the Johnnies are a top five offensive rebounding team. They should get plenty of second chances here. So uh, Providence is legit on defense, but the Johnnies are well balanced. They, they can beat you in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think they'll be able to find some success while Providence continues to try and figure out their rotation it's a. It's really unfortunate what's happened to Providence here. I, 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 they were one of the teams that I liked in the Big East coming into this season. But I just think when you're a team like that and you've got a player like Bryce Hopkins and you lose him, it's just hard to come back from. And uh, Johnny's have already blown out Xavier and Butler in MSG, and and I think without Hopkins, Providence is probably either equal to or a, a step behind those teams. So uh, give me St. John's minus four for my best bet. 
Yeah, and the nice part is you get uh, analytics don't really update to absent players, so we're probably getting a Providence line that is based on a full team uh, rather than yeah. one with their McDonald's All-American that they got to transfer. Uh, one of the biggest heists, I think, of the Ed Cooley era at Providence, taking him from Kentucky as a transfer, uh, I think, one, during one of the COVID years. But uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. Uh, I'm sad for my my hometown squad, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And maybe just gives us some more value in Providence hosting teams at the Dunk, which has been renamed and is really disappointing uh, to me in many <laughs> ways. But uh, for my best bet, I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Plus two is what AJ projected. Uh, I'll play up to my is three. I think Mississippi has, I mean, got off to a, a really great start this season, had a, a tough road trip to Tennessee this weekend, but I think they, you, are, you, ex- you said you expected as much. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where, um, I think when you see the undefeated, you know, uh, we figured that would not last this long and schedule has been a little bit easier, but, uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately going to Tennessee, uh, good luck with that ultimately. But the nice part is, is Florida, I feel like has gotten a ton of respect, um, for years now. I wonder if it's because they've got a really analytics focused man, uh, manager, wow, a head coach who is really going to put them in a position to get some of those analytic wins and, and look really good in certain areas. And I think um, that does allow us or give us some opportunities to fade them. So seeing your projection with Ole Miss as a home underdog, I'll take that all day. I'll play it up to minus three on, on Mississippi. I think they get a good win at home. And I think Chris Beard's building something, though I kind of wish he was still at, at UT, I got to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure of the way Texas' season's gone, they probably wouldn't hate that as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you on this. In fact, I think we may have hinted at this exact play on our last pod when we were talking about fading Ole Miss against Tennessee. And I, I think I said, like, I don't want Ole Miss on the road against the top teams in the SEC. But I, I, I said, I want to see them get blown out. And I would love to see Florida. I, I would have loved to see Florida beat Kentucky. They almost did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they end up losing 87, 85, but they covered. I think everybody was, or everybody was impressed with, no, they didn't cover, but everybody was impressed with Florida's performance there. Uh, hopefully we get a cheap number here. And I said, I'd, I'd love to jump in on Ole Miss. So I, I think you may be finding the right spot. Ole Miss against the, the soft middle of the SEC, I think, is the way to look, especially when they're at home. So I think you've got that opportunity I think, here. I think you said that exactly. And Florida, I mean, maybe if they're going to continue to get it lined like this, I mean, over a possession to Kentucky at home, I mean, I guess they – I don't think they had beaten Kentucky there in like five diff- five years no. or something like that. It's just – That mean, was like a, such a weird happen, steam great. play. Like I, I, I knew – I had a feeling that was a loser when I saw it steaming the way it did. Like you and I text each other about all our uh, our CLV that we can catch on fire, you know, yes, and, yes. and boy, I had plenty hands. of it this weekend. But yeah, that was one that I was like, yeah, I mean, w- once you once it got to three, who's still betting on Florida once it's at three? It's one thing when it like if you if you're betting on it to make it t- to take it from a pick to two. But once you miss that initial move and you're like outside of possession and you're still like, yep, give me Florida. It's like this is it's not a shock that you that you end up empty-handed it's uh well, it really i'm isn't. very thankful to whoever did that because i was looking at that game hard and i was looking at it, i was like how the heck is this happening like is there somebody absent because i mean finding college basketball injuries is a joke but i was like okay i can't understand this uh maybe this is the game that florida is gonna actually do this and play really well uh, but i think the jury's still out on them they've gotten a lot of respect that baylor game as well in a neutral early this season uh i'm I'm looking to pay to see Florida be this team, that analytics monster that the market seems to think they are. Uh, and and we'll see as a best bet because I, I need to get back on the winning trail because it's been a long time since I took a loss and I don't want to take two in a row. 
it's funny you say uh, the the injury reviews are a joke for college, and they they are. I think I texted you the Wake Forest game. Like some some guy, some beat writer for Wake Forest tweets out uh, Hunter Salas not in the lineup for Wake Forest, and I'm like, what? I've I've you know laid points with Wake Forest against a, a team that's probably better than them in Miami, How, and now they're one of their best players is out. Great, and then like three minutes later, he says, "Nope, that was a mistake. He's Just playing." Kidding. I like I honestly I I gave real thought to like going in and betting back the other way, which would have done me no good because the whole game ended up being a push anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. But uh, but yeah, it, it it is a joke. It's hard to find good information. It's hard to find information that like even when you get information that is actual real information and not just made up nonsense. I'll, so, I'll make uh, this quick. But literally that same game, I was actually looking at the Miami Hurricanes like pictures of their shoot around before the game, trying to find <laughs> Wooga Poplar. Like as as embarrassing as that sounds, I literally was like looking through and I was like, does that look like him? It might be him. I feel like I don't see his ankle wrapped. Like I, I, at this point, if there's a question, I'm just assuming people are out and then hoping that that will be the right call moving forward. It's wild, man. Well, all right. Uh, Good job, Griffin. Appreciate you hopping on here after the playoff games or excuse me, after the, uh, the week 18 games set up the playoffs for the NFL. Uh, Enjoy the college football championship tomorrow. And, uh, you know, always, uh, always good to get in, into the deep uh, conference season. This is what I love in college hoops. This is it. All feels like build up until now. So we've learned all we're going to learn about these teams, at least uh, in the non-con, and now they get to battle it out. So this is a fun time. Always love doing these pods. Uh, so Griffin, great job. Good luck to all you guys this week with your bets, and we will talk to you on Thursday night, previewing next weekend's games.